really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. And we believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. I think the world is divided into two sorts of people. There are the sorts of people that when they're traveling somewhere, they get to where they're traveling. Even if they get lost, they can recalibrate themselves and get back on track and get to their destination. Then there's people like me, who can go to the same place 25 times and still not be able to get back there. So directions, I need my sat-nav. I need to know where I'm going. I wonder what sort of person you are. And I'm going to test you this morning. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in a minute. And then I'm going to ask you to point your hand in the direction that you think north is. Don't knock anybody out as you do your hand, but close your eyes and point in the direction that you think north is. Off you go. Some people are peeking and copying everybody else. Okay, open your eyes. I think most of you got it right. I did have a compass with me that I was going to prove to you that you were right, that somebody lost my compass already this morning. I'm not looking at anybody, Mercelin and Marilyn. Um, but north is actually that way. So if you got it right, give yourselves a big round of applause. But it's very, very easy to get lost. It's very easy to get on a path and suddenly take the wrong turn in. And life's like that as well. Frank Sinatra sang a song, and it's the, most, the song that's most played at funerals. Can anyone guess what it is? I did it my way. It's really hard to say that without singing it. I did it my way. But we know that true freedom only comes when we do it God's way. And last week we started an exciting new series that hopefully is going to help us to do that. If you remembered, we said last week, it's going to help us to recalibrate ourselves individually and as a church family, to live beautifully in a broken world. So let's remind ourselves of Jesus's words. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake.
blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. Amazing words. And last week, we were talking about how we needed to be poor in spirit. And that's confession, confessing how much we need God. This week, we're thinking about contrition, thinking about how badly we've let God down and moving forward from that. And that should lead to mourning. So faith is just going to come up and introduce what the children, anybody that wants to do things with their hands while they're listening, Faith is going to come up and show you what we've got for you today. Good morning, church. Good morning. So in the activity park, we've got a few things. I'm just going to bring them up. got this one. It's a cutout. You've got the art shape that represents God's love. Um, what we need you to do is fold it, put the sticky note. Then you use this one to decorate the cutout art. Just put it at the back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. So you put this at the back. We're going to give you some glues, and you just put it to make it colorful. And because God's love is really colorful, <laughs> as we know, um, we've got the puzzles and the what search and a couple of um, other things that talks about the beatitude as well um, for you to do. And at the end of it, you would add this. And once we know that you've done it, we're going to give you a starlight that you can take home and just put it inside and put it somewhere in your, in your bedroom to remind you of God's love throughout the week. Have a really great week. Fantastic. So our verse for today is, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And obviously, those of you that know me will know that I really struggled as to whether we carried on with this verse today. I prayed really, really hard about it. But it is important that we carry on with this series. And it's really easy to look at this verse and think that Jesus is talking about grief of a lost one. But actually, if we put it in context of what we were talking about last week, about how our Christian character flows into the kingdom of God, we realise this verse is actually so much more than that. Obviously, those of you that are grieving, God does comfort you. There's so many verses, Psalm 23 in the Bible, tells us that God is with you, he comforts you. And it's a really important process to grieve the loss of a loved one. However, this verse is about mourning our sin. It's realising that when we hide sin festers. When we mourn, sin is healed and we are comforted. It's about recalibrating ourselves so we can live beautifully in a broken world. 
I think that God wants three points made from this verse. And the first point is that Jesus promises to comfort those that mourn their own sin. Rick Warren tells a story in his book. And this story is about a place in America where there was a flood going to happen. People were given warning that the flood was coming. And so lots of people prepared themselves and went to the top of their building. So these people went to the top of their building and were waiting for the floods. And the flood waters came and came up and they were safe. But as they looked out the window, they saw a hat. And the hat was on the top of the water. And it was moving that way and then that way, and then back again. And one of the men said, what on earth is going on there? And one of the women said, don't worry, that's just Bob, my husband. He was determined he was going to cut the grass today, and he's still doing it. I think sometimes that's what sin is like, because I think sometimes we just keep going. We get stuck on the same path, we get stuck on the same route that we're taking with our sin, and we just keep going. We don't know how to stop. We don't know how to turn back to God. We don't know how to recalibrate ourselves. Being poor in spirit, as we talked about last week, leads us to realizing how much we need God. Mourning our sin helps us to mourn our past mistakes and to mourn our loss of control. So that's the first thing that we tend to do with sin. We just keep going because we don't know how to stop. And then the second thing we do, which I'm really good at doing, is we hide. How many times do we think, actually, can't go to church today. It's nothing to do with the real reason. It's because we feel so bad inside. How many times do we cancel meeting up with people, not because we don't want to see them, but because we're really scared of what they will see in us? So we quite often hide away. And we're in good company with that because there were lots of people that actually hid away in the Bible. The first two people, right back at the beginning of the Bible, that hid away were Adam and Eve. They really messed up. They knew they'd messed up and they heard God coming. They tried to hide from God behind a bush. That always just makes me giggle. How can you think you can hide behind the almighty God behind a bush? But they did. Jonah, God asked him to go and do a job. He didn't want to do it, so he tried to hide away. And also Gideon. Gideon's an amazing, his story is amazing. They even got a Bible named after him. But he tried to hide in a hole. And he says, if God is with me, why am I hiding in this hole in the ground? Isn't that a good question? If God is with us, why do we think we can hide away? Because we can't. God sees. He sees and he intervenes. Next slide, please, Bethany. Thank you. It says in Hebrews 4 verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So when we try and hide ourselves away, when we try and say, no, I'm not going there because I really don't want them to see how badly I've messed up, God sees. But the good news is God sees, 
He understands and he wants to intervene. He wants to stop us from the treadmill of self-destruction that we quite often get into. And how does he want to do that? He has to break our denial. He has to break through the, no, I'm fine. I don't need to deal with that. That's in the past. It doesn't bother me. He has to break through that. And so he's got two denial busters that I think he uses. The first one that he uses is pain. How many times do you just wake up in the morning and think, I'm really struggling. I don't think I can get up today. God uses pain to let us know we need to deal with something. I don't think he causes pain, but he can use our pain. He can use our distress. He can use our sickness to make us think, I need to face up and do something. And normally, it's an action that we need to take. C.S. Lewis says, pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So God can use our pain as a kind of fire alarm, telling us that something is wrong. The thing is, we need to make sure that we take the right fire exit. The second denial buster that he can use are people. He really sends us each other. How many times, even this morning, I got a message this morning, and the message was a singing penguin saying, you've got a friend in me. That person had no idea how much I needed that singing penguin this morning. And it really blessed me and touched me. People have a habit. Obviously, I failed with Benny. But people have a habit of messaging and encouraging when we need it the most. God uses people. But God also uses people to challenge us. And that's a bit harder. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody being, woe is me, everything's really hard. And they say, yeah, but you need to do this. It's hard to hear but we have to hear it. And actually, God tells us it's our responsibility to do that. This is quite a hard verse to read. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently, remember the gently, and humbly help that person back on the right path. It's our responsibility to be encouraging each other, to be saying to each other, you can do this. We just need to work through this. When we truly face our mistakes, our insecurities and our past mistakes, when we really mourn them, that's when God can deal with them. That's when he can heal them and that's when he can comfort them. And why does he want to do that? So we can recalibrate ourselves to live beautifully in a broken world. Too many of us get stuck. Too many of us get stuck saying, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea what's been done to me. You have no idea how hurt, angry, sad, ill I feel. And we stay there. You're right. None of us have any idea what's happened. But do you know what? God does. And what God wants us to do is to mourn, but then to be comforted. He doesn't want us to stay in those situations that are dragging us down. He wants us to mourn them, to really come to his face and say, this is what's happened. Then he can comfort us. Then we move on to freedom. Let's go back to the verse Isaiah 61, which we, we looked at last week. 
Um, this is just part of it. This goes on from the part that we read last week. It says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. Let me just say that again. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes. When we go to God and say, God, I've really messed up. I'm really stuck. I've done this. I've said this. I don't know how to get through this. What does he give us? A crown of beauty for ashes. If that doesn't encourage us, I don't know what will. He gives us a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. We do need to mourn, but we need to let God comfort us so that we can exchange our ashes for that crown of beauty. And one thing that I really noticed about this verse that really struck me is it doesn't say, blessed are those who have mourned. It said, blessed are those who mourn. Because even the person that you look at in church that you think, wow, they're an amazing Christian. They've made it. They've got it. They're doing it. Even they will have things that they need to deal with God. Deal with, with God. And so we never get to the point until we meet him, we'll never get to the point where we're where we should be. And if we think we are, then we're stuck and we need to repent and go back to him. I always, I've told this story to lots of you before, but I always think it's a bit like painting the skirting boards. Have you ever gone into your room and think, yeah, I really need to paint those skirting boards because the paint's looking, you know, when it sort of goes a bit yellowy and a bit horrible. And so you paint it and it looks amazing. It's really white. But then you go into the next room and suddenly you realise that room that you didn't think need painting, it actually does because you're comparing it. We are trying to become like Jesus. That's quite a big thing to uh, try and aim for. And that's what we're comparing ourselves to. It's a verb. It's an ongoing state to live in. Blessed are those who mourn their sin. The second point that I think God wanted to say is that Jesus promises to comfort the people who mourn the sin of the world. As well as mourning our own individual shortfallings, we also are part of God's kingdom, which means we also should be mourning the mess that humanity's made. And boy, have we made a mess. And I'm also going to take a real risk here and say we also need to be mourning the mess that the church has made because I don't feel we represent Jesus very well. And we need to be looking every single day at what we're doing corporately to make sure that we are sharing his love in the way that we should be. And I found that there were these seven social sins that are hopefully going to come up. If you have a look there, it says, this is the world. We've got wealth without work. We've got pleasure without conscience. We've got knowledge without character. Commerce without morality. Science without humanity. Worship without sacrifice. Wow, that was quite hard hitting. And politics without principles. Does that sound like the world we live in? That wasn't written for today. That was written as a sermon to be delivered in Westminster Abbey in 1925. Because right from the beginning, when God made our amazing world with everything we needed to live in, with the relationship he wanted to have with us, because humanity messed up, we are messing up over and over again. And actually, it, again, it's our responsibility to mourn and lament about the mess we're making. And sometimes we can feel that lamenting is actually irre irreverent, 
but it's not. It's biblical. Going to God in your grief is an act of worship. Let me just say that again. Going to God in your grief is an act of worship. Because do you remember when we were talking about Moses and talking about the amazing relationship that he had with God, that face-to-face relationship? If Moses hadn't been honest with God, he wouldn't have had that relationship. Have you ever tried to sit down and eat a meal or have a conversation with somebody when you're secretly harbouring a grudge against them? You think it won't show, but boy, is it awkward. That's what it's like with God. We put these barriers up thinking he can't see, thinking it's okay. We come to church and we can worship with our hands up and think, yeah, God doesn't really see what I've done the rest of the week. He does, but he wants us to come to him with it and to repent, to mourn, and then to move on. It's right to grieve for our suffering world because it says to our suffering world, we see you and we grieve alongside you. We can't shut the doors of our church and pretend what's going out there on out there is nothing to do with us. Because if we're not taking action, if we're not praying and lamenting and trying to make things better, then we're as guilty as the other people that are doing it. Corporate lament gives voice to our grief and it initiates our healing process. But it mustn't stop there. If we stay in the grieving process, if we never ever move on, our grief can swallow us up. And grief of this magnitude can be too much to bear. And that's where some of us get stuck in depression, in not being able to actually fully participate in the world that God's given us. We read in Lamentations 3, verse 20, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. We go through bad times. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. His mercy for you begins afresh each morning when we truly mourn what we've done wrong and hand it over to him. And then the third point is Jesus promises to comfort those who mourn so they can comfort others. Isn't that amazing? He wants us to mourn so we can comfort others. I want us to really think about what that means. But while we're doing it, I asked our wonderful families this week what they thought comfort means. And they're gonna, we've got a video now with some of the images that they sent me about what comfort is. Amazing pictures of what they, our children thought comfort was. And they're all really, really important. Didn't your heart go out when you saw Katie and Shane's kids? So please know that she's still in touch. She's still part of the church. Obviously, because of his treatment, they can't come anywhere where he might pick up um, germs. But they're still very much in touch. And they still are very much praying for us as we are for them. So if you remember what we said right at the beginning, and I promise I've nearly finished... We said, when, when we hide, sin festers. When we mourn, sin is healed and we are comforted. And although those pictures of being comforted by a blanket, by a toy, by a dog, by the landscape, by each other, are really, really important, and I think God does use some of those things to comfort us, the 
the comfort that God gives us after mourning our sin is so, so much deeper than that. Because what he does is he forgives us and it changes us. Once we realise that God, that we are poor in spirit, and once we can mourn the things that we've done wrong, then we truly see God for who he is. And when we see God for who he is, boy, do we want to share him. How can we keep something like that to ourselves when we know how much he forgives us? I want to look back at the Isaiah 61 verse that we looked at earlier on because this verse just blows me away. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning festive praise, instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. Because do you know what? God wants us to mourn our sin, not so that we dwell in it, but so we hand it back because he needs us to move forward. Why does he need us to move forward? Because there is a broken world out there. There is a world that is desperate for God. We are the people that need to shine God into that darkness. Why do we do little stars every week? I do ask myself that quite often. But why do we do little stars every week? It's not so we can serve good tea and coffee. It's not as a social event, as important as that is. It's because there are parents that are really desperately struggling to bring their children up in a broken world. Who do they need? They need Jesus. Why do we do cosmic comets every two weeks? We do it not because we do enjoy the company of the children, although they're very loud, but we do enjoy spending time with them. But why do we really do it? Because our children are growing up in a broken world. Who do they need? Jesus. We are the ones that need to shine that light into people's lives. But the only way that we can do that, if we're going to be that tree, is we need to make sure our roots are deeply planted. And if our roots aren't deeply planted, if we are living a life of sin and pretending we're not, if we are holding on to resentment and hurt from the past and pretending we're not, we are not rooted in God. And that's what it means to mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. As we said last week, we're going to make sure that we post some questions for those who want to do some further thinking. I really do urge you to do those questions. They're amazing. They really make you think about where we are with God. But there was somebody called Dallas Willard, and he was asked about what's God's address. And he said, God's address is www.attheendofyourrope.com. When we get to the end of ourselves, when we get to the end of saying, I've got this, I can do this, I'm going to do it my way, when we get to the end of that, that's when God does his amazing work. That's when he can comfort us. That's when he can heal us. That's when he can use us. God longs for us to face him with our grief and to let him comfort us. I wonder what you need to hand to him today and we're going to have a chance to do that now because where do we need to take those sins where do we need to take those hurts we need to take them to Jesus on the cross because that's where he died for our forgiveness for our freedom and so we are going to have a time of communion now so I don't know if um, 
maybe Erica and Don, do you mind just uncovering the communion, just getting it ready? That would be amazing. Thank you. Can I just urge you to do some business with God before you come up for communion? Those things that you've been hiding that you think you can't bring before him, bring them to him, hand them to him, and then come up and share communion with us as a church family. Come up and take the bread and the wine, which represents the blood that he so freely shed for us. But before you do take communion, talk to him about that bitterness. Talk to him about that unforgiveness. Talk to him about those things that you're saying, I just can't and let them go. Do that business with God and come up and take communion. And we're going to be watching, I'm going to have a um, film on that's called Son of Suffering. And on it, it shows us exactly what Jesus's love is like for us. So once you've prayed and, and feel ready to come up, Don and Erica will be up the front and we'll be ready to serve communion. Thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for your peace. We thank you, Lord, that there is nothing that we have done or said or thought that we can't bring before you. And we pray that you will free us to really share your kingdom with the people that need it. And so, Lord, we place ourselves into your hands this week. We pray for those people for whom life is really difficult at the moment. We pray that you will break through the darkness and shine your light into their hearts. And Lord, we just praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Obviously, if um, anything has brought up issues or things that you want to pray through, there will be people available for prayer ministry afterwards. But please make sure that you realize you are loved, you're forgiven, and you're whole. So let's live this week in freedom, showing God's love to the people that really need it. So God bless you all and have a good week. And now it's time for tea and coffee. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you. So please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless. Yeah.